Welcome to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast for mamas who laugh their way through the struggles of parenting. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela walker Hi, ladies. Hi. It's been a couple weeks since we've recorded. Yeah. It's that's... nice to get back together. That's my fault, or my children's fault, or all of our faults. Sarah, you have a lot of insanity that you are dealing with right now. They're very needy, for goodness yeah. sakes. They want to be fed and held and loved. <laughs> Nurtured, all those things. Mommy, I haven't seen you all day since you've come back to work. I know, trust me. I'm busy earning money so we don't starve. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Nailed it. They don't get that concept. Sabrina said to me the other night, she's like, wouldn't it be great if you could just be like, be home and somebody just gave you money to just be home? And I was like, yeah, you know somebody? (laughs) I'd say, if you figure out how to make that happen, you let me know. Sweet girl, if if I could do it, I would. So, with that depressing thought, what are you drinking tonight? (laughs) It's not that depressing. (laughs) I have found a new cider that I love. And the brand is called Crispin. Nice. So, C-R-I-S-P-I-N. Crispin. Apostrophe. (laughs) Yes, with the little, the box came. Yes, I got a box. I got a box of 12. That's how my life is right now. Uh, It's three flavors in a box. Okay. This one is Persecco. So get it, get it. It's a take on Persecco, but it's pear secco. So this is their pear What's flavored it? cider. Does it have pears in it? No, thank. And there's a pear tree on the outside. Isn't that nifty? It's a really pretty can. It's very good. It's blue. It's my favorite color of blue. Mm-hmm, like kind of tealish blue. That teal, turquoisey kind of blue. So I was like, ooh. Um, the other two flavors, I'll probably bring them in. I don't know why I'm naming them now, but. Uh, is rosé. So, like, the rosé apple, kind of like the Angry Ooh. Orchard that we had. Yes. It's, that one's a little bit sweeter. This one is, has some tart to it. Uh-huh. It's sweet, but a little tarty because of the pear. And then the gold one is called Brute. Hmm. And that one tastes the most like a beer to me. Uh-huh. But it has, like, a little sweetness at the back. Mark kind of gagged when he took a sip. He was like, oh, my God, that's too much, like, dry white wine for me. And I was like, it's perfect for me. I might need to go invest in a box of that next month when I'm able to drink again. That sounds pretty fantastic. This comes in 12-ounce uh, um, cans. And the Pear Seco is 4.5% alcohol. But mm-hmm. the Brute, the gold can, is 55 Yeah. So, so not, not, too, not too crazy either way, no, which is nice. No. Oh, unless you're like me and you pound two or three on a Friday night mm-hmm. after a long week of work and pizza. Accepted and encouraged. Yeah. You've got several months to make up for. And you're also drinking for two, remember? You're carrying the load for both of us right now. That's true. Let's go! Um, yeah. And I am drinking my oh-so-lovely H2O because I'm still... And you said you wanted to invest in these. I found these at Target, Target, mm-hmm. in their wine and beer section. Very nice. So that's going to be my next question is where, where, yum, yum. where do I get those? Yum, yum. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. And it was not expensive. And I made sure I opened it and I didn't take a sip till we started recording. So I'm not, I've been tr- like slightly trashed when we first started. You're so, so professional. I'm actually like trying to keep it together tonight. What? You don't want to be like the old days where I'm just like completely slurring my words by the end of it? Well, no, I'm saying like once that bo- baby boy is out of you, we're, we're both getting like, that's going to be the funnest we are, episode. We are, how you say, going to get turned? <laughs> Go get lit.
Do we have crap from the internet? We do. I've been holding on to these for a little while. Okay, I'm excited. But these are warm and fuzzy. <gasps> Good. Literally, because they're about animals. <gasps> animals! Is one of them the one I sent to you? Yes, it was, because Yay! how could I not? I'm so excited. All right, go ahead. So the first one is what Sarah sent to me. She sends me this <laughs> random text going, I don't want to tell you like how to do craps from the internet, but this is a really cute story. And I opened it up and I was like, yeah. It's so cute. It's a pit bull maternity photo shoot. <laughs> The pictures are amazing. And I was kind of like, what? She's sending me a picture about a dog. So I know you're not a huge dog person, but but it is adorable. And I love pit bulls. My husband doesn't like pit bulls that much, but so I can never have a pit bull. So people who have pit bulls, I go over to their house and like, I'm that crazy friend that's on the floor and I'm like day babies come give me monthly resident puppy oh drool all over me let me get your jowls I will say I haven't been around a lot of pit bulls but the ones I have been around are like the sweetest dogs yes yes yeah. I've only met like one pit bull let me tell you I've had I almost and when I was a teenager I had a German shepherd almost rip my face off not saying all German shepherds are bad but I'm just saying Dogs that I have encountered uh-huh. that have been mean to me have not been pit bulls. Right. Just saying. Um, so back in September, Mama Pickles is her name. <gasps> oh, my God. And she's the cutest pit bull. She's like that goldeny brown with the white markings. Oh, she was found wandering alone on the streets. Rescuers instantly saw that she needed help. Um, given that she was very pregnant, mm-hmm. so animal control officers took her off the streets and tried to find out where Pickles had come from. Um, they got in touch with her owners, but unfortunately, they had decided that Pickles was not needed anymore and left her to be at the shelter. Bastards. So those are garbage humans. Yes. So from there, the poor pit bull was so pregnant that she needed more help than the shelter could offer. But fortunately, she was soon found by Pits and Giggles Rescue, which is a nonprofit organization that specializes in caring for pregnant and nursing dogs as well as their puppies. How awesome is that? Um, So while Mama Pickle's belly was so huge that made it hard for her to move around, she couldn't help herself but jump all over the place while meeting her new rescue friends. So she was so, there's pictures on this website. It's just so cute. She's so happy. You can just like see the big smile in her eyes. She's just happy. So one of the volunteers, her name is um, Lauren Castine Sykes. She is a photographer as well. They, you know, she's talking about Pits and Giggles Rescue. It has a mission like no other. They specialize in maternity rescue and care. They save pregnant and nursing mama dogs from shelter and provide them with the care they need to bring their babies safely into the world. Prior to adoption, mama and all puppies are fixed and are placed in the best homes according to their personality and needs. That's awesome. Um, photographing these mamas and their babies give them the exposure they need to get adopted. So the rescuers took her in, and Lauren, like I said, she's a photographer, and I'm going to plug her. She's uh, Enchanted Hills Photography. Um, they decided to take pictures and give her a little mama fater- maternity photo shoot for the dog. So Even if you don't normally go to the links that Pamela posts for crap from the internet, go to this one because the pictures are the cutest things you will ever see. It is the cutest thing. So... And also, this story gets amazing as you go along, yes. too. As, okay, so what Lauren was thinking was, as soon as Pickles arrived at the rescue center, uh, Lauren knew right away that the pregnant Pitbull 
is bound to have a maternity photo shoot. So naturally, the results look impossibly cute. So if you go there, she has like a little thing in her hair, and they even put the little ribbon around her belly. And there's like a little box crate with a flower, and she's sitting on a blanket, and she has this happy little look on her face like, oh my gosh, this is such a fun photo shoot. And there's also one where she's like up on the crate, and you could just see her giant pregnant proud belly like yay and they were saying that pickles looked like a true diva who certainly knows how to strike a pose and her huge belly kept getting in the way and it was hard not to laugh that she was kind of goofy and clumsy while she was doing it but they were saying that she um was quite the model Um, But the most challenging part was getting Pickles to stop licking everybody. She wanted pets and pats and belly rubs. She was just loving this new thing called love. Um, She was so excited she could hardly sit still seeing Pickles sticking her tongue out, wagging her tail, and just being overall content was the most rewarding part. And then she, um, the photographer thanked the board and uh, volunteers of Pit and Giggles enough to save the sweet mama. And my favorite part came after the babies were born. Well, literally, like, right after the photo shoot, she had the babies. And they took pictures of the babies! And they took pictures of the babies! And she equally has this happy, smiley face. And it's, like, all these little, like, do they, I forget if they have, like, little bonnets or bows on all the puppies. Yeah, they all have, like, little bows. They're all lined up. So she had, um, so not long after the photo shoot, she gave birth to eight wonderful and healthy female puppies. All, all females. females and all eight survive because sometimes oh you get gosh. like a runt and they don't always right. make it. And so, like Sarah said, they're all lined up. It's almost like a picnic basket basket flipped over, and then they have the blanket, and then they have them all lined up they're with so like cute. little ribbons or something tied around. And then she's sitting there beside them, and she has the happiest like her tongue sticking out, her she's face is all such she, a proud mom. She's a proud mama. Like, look at my sweet babies. Just look at my babies. <laughs> It's the best. And they were saying that this time Pickles seemed even more proud standing uh, standing next to her adorable newborns. And then rescuers say that she is already an incredible mom and does an amazing job taking care of them. And so then they did another photo shoot where they were just just shooting them. And like Sarah said, oh, they even do they do a little close up of them with their little bonnets or something on their heads. And um, so many people are already reacting to their the cute photo shoot. And I haven't I didn't look to see if there was a follow up, but I'm pretty sure that most of them or if not all of them are adopted by now. That's the the main thing is I'm sure that all this extra exposure is going to help them all find really good homes, which is the most important part. Yes. And the photo shoot, like they said, this gives them exposure. Like right now we're talking about it. So I think for me, the sweetest one is where she's, I'm going to turn my computer around so you can see, when she's licking them (gasps) and giving them kisses. And my gosh, and her, her tummy's still all distended still in her yes oh saggy waggy -waggy. she's just so sweet but she's all like these are my babies they're They're so so tiny and they're so tiny and they have those cute little puppy noses and mouths so she gave it to you when you sent this to me and i looked at it at work i was like yes i like oh my uterus (laughs) i was like oh i can't have any more children but this is adorable (laughs) and then i was like i so want a puppy right now i'm so insane yeah i have these moments where i'm like I miss my dog, and I really want a puppy so bad. And then I'm like, no, I don't, because I have a, a almost four-month-old. 
Anywho, so there's that one. Mm-hmm. Please check that out. Now, on to the other one. Back on November 10th, there was a little game played by the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I know of this game because my husband is a huge Cowboys fan. But a black cat ran out onto MetLife Stadium. Kitty! And ran through the field before the game could start. <laughs> and they were trying to get the cat off the field and also, you know, trap it to get to take it to a rescue place. Right. Um, solid black cat. So what's funny about this is what some people believe is, one, that the cat was there and it placed a curse on the giants. <laughs> Another people thought that the cat was just unbelievably adorable. To the point where MetLife Stadium and the, and the New York Giants issued this statement last Tuesday. So they set up multiple humane traps throughout the stadium. They were still looking for them. This was as of November... Six on here, so uh-huh. they may have found the cat. I can't remember, um, but they oh, were, so they didn't catch catch the cat right there at the the time mm-mm. we were. They wandering. couldn't. They kept. Oh, we kept running. I mean, this is a huge football field. Yeah, so true. they couldn't catch it in time, and then it went and hid somewhere in the stands, which there's millions of and it's a solid. Hide. Black. My gosh. And I mean, like, when I say solid black cat, I mean, like, you can barely see if its eyes are closed, you wouldn't be able to know where it is if it was in a corner somewhere. Typical, stereotypical Halloween black cat. Yes, but it's a precious. Hi, kitty. I want to, I want this kitty. Can I have this kitty? (laughs) Um, So they have humane um, traps. They were trying to catch it because they wanted to take. Wanted to take it to this program that currently feeds approximately 30 barn cats and, uh-huh. like, tries to rehome it. So, anyway, they were just letting everybody know that they're trying to find the cat. Now, the funniest thing is, is I go to Huffington Post, and, of course, the meme people oh, yeah. take hold of this cat, and it's hilarious. So, the first meme has the kitty wearing a Cowboys football hat and catching the football. Oh, kitty! Since the Cowboys won. Little helmet. And according to Mark, he was like, I want to adopt that cat. Because, again, diehard Cowboys fan. Hates the Giants. Sports ball! Sports ball. Um, That one was labeled Kitty Ringer. And this is another one that you just have to go to the link to see. Another one has... The Olympic rings. Kitty has a little sports headband and he's jumping over a little hurdle. One has Donald Trump riding the back of Kitty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Somebody uh, photoshopped the Cheshire cat smile on it, which is a little creepy. Another good one is the topless Vladimir Putin sitting on top of the cat. Sitting astride the kitty. Yes. So there's lots of cute photo. People are very creative. Um, I wish I had the time that everybody had to do these things. You know the song Old Town Road? Mm-hmm. Well, they took little Nas and um, put him on top of the kitty instead of a horse. Aww. So I don't know if kitty has been has been caught. I did not do a good job at picking that up, but... You have to look at Photoshop, Kitty. Hopefully Kitty is alive and well. But yes, those are my two craps because we have a very big episode today. Heavy topic. Heavy topic. So that's why I went with warm fuzzy. Get it? Get it? Good craps. See what I did there? (laughs) 
lady. Yes. What are we talking about this week? We're talking about that really big hot topic of bullying. Which is a hard topic, but a very important one. Yes. Me and Sarah have been talking about doing this topic for, I would say, a good several months now. Yeah. Just sort of back and forth on how we were going to approach it. And it's also one of those where... Some topics are really easy to kind of throw together notes and ideas, and this is one where we want we wanted to make sure we have plenty of time to do our due di- diligence and get some good research for. Yeah, like I normally paste it all together like a day or two or the night before, or you know, a couple hours before I'd I come say over. That day at work. <laughs> yeah, my lunch break. No, 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 no. But this one, I did like two, three weeks worth. Of just random mm-hmm. finding stuff and not random, but you know what I mean, collecting the links and right. then going to them. And I actually made really good detailed notes. Mm-hmm. So I am actually very prepared because I'm like, this is a very serious topic that I feel very passionate about. So, yes. and this one where Daisy is not old enough to really be running into this yet, but it's something that's always in the back of my mind, you know, when she does get to that age, how. Will she be affected by it? Will she, you know, be bullied or even or worse in my mind, be a bully? And yes, what what can we as parents do to try to, like, prepare them for those situations? Yes. And Sabrina last year was having trouble with one boy who was being like physically um, aggressive. Yes. To her. And I stepped in and it, it, it resolved quickly. I commend school and her teachers and everything for that. Um, But it took, what I found that broke my heart was that it took several, it took like a good like month and a half before she finally had the courage to tell me, Mm -hmm. which I just didn't understand why, because she tells me everything else. So I had to, we've had a few chats about, about, you know, if somebody's doing certain things to you, no, no. So, Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always verbal. And I've tried to explain to her that sometimes teasing is just the way kids are. It doesn't necessarily mean it's always bullying. It's a certain... Well, you're going to explain, like, what the level of bullying is. Yeah, and it's it's definitely... It's gotten grayer over the years, even... Ironically, even as we've tried to define it more clearly. Yeah. Because it's also getting broader. That does make it more difficult. So, that's, that's a good transition. I'll actually... In my traditional fashion, I'm going to be your definitions and statistics representative. You're all good with that. Mm-hmm. It, it helps me to put it in a nice clinical format, and I feel like I'm not being, like, paralyzed by all the awfulness. Meanwhile, I'm here for your tips and tricks and your checklists. Yes. <laughs> Check. <laughs> All right, so back in 2014, the Centers for Disease Control and Department of Education released the first federal uniform definition of bullying for both research and surveillance purposes. So the core elements of this definition include unwanted aggressive behavior, observed or perceived power imbalance, Mm. and repetition of behaviors or high likelihood of repetition, and... Going further, there are many different modes and types of bullying. The current definition acknowledges two modes and four types by which youth can can be bullied or can bully others. So, the two modes, I know this is super complicated, but covering all the bounds. No, you're fine. The two modes of bullying include direct, i.e. the bully occurs in the presence of the targeted person. Face to face, yes. Or indirect, which can include... 
not directly communicating to the targeted person, which can either be spreading rumors, posting stuff online, different things like that. I heard so-and-so did this, so-and-so, and it's not true. Yeah. And in addition to these two modes, the four types of bullying include broad categories of physical, verbal, relational, which relational means like efforts to harm the reputation or the relationships of the targeted person. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're different friendships. Yeah. And the last one is damage to property. So like if you... Dang. If you like... Like smash rip up their, somebody's book bag or something. Yeah, if you like spray paint their book bag or smash up their project or something like that. Sorry. And this stuff that just is like, oh, my heart. And they're like, is there a grant out there for me to homeschool my kids? Because I don't know. Because <laughs> here's my thing. I would want to go to the school and like with a can of spray paint and spray paint their book bag. I'm sorry. I'd say I, I would be the, the mom like, like, can I just be, like, the enforcer walking the hallway with just, like, like just pick- a bat in my hand? Yes. Like, never actually use it on anyone, no. but just make my presence known. This is why I'm not in charge of fixing this issue. Yeah. Um, bullying, so like I said, bullying can happen in person or through the use of technology, which is part a big part of why it's become such a, a complicated thing. And at least for my portion of this, I didn't focus as much on the technology part just because we have a separate issue. Yeah, we did the safety online. Yeah, we did online safety and cyberbullying on a previous episode. So go back and check those out because I think that was also a good resource as well. Yes, yes. And certain types of bullying are considered criminal activity, such as harassment, hazing, or assault. Hazing is definitely a... Yeah. A lot of people don't think it's a criminal act, but it is. Because there's... I feel like in this day and age, there's real, like, good-natured hazing where, like, the person is in on the joke. Yes. And it's not if something you're that's in dangerous on or it. harmful. Yeah. If you're in on it. Which, in that case, it means it's it's probably a different word than hazing. But, yeah, yeah, hazing is, oh, hey, go drink this entire bottle of wine and hope you don't die. Bye. <laughs> well, if you ever watch the movie Dazed and Confused, what they're actually doing to the freshman is hazing. Yeah. If you ever see that where they have to, like, smash eggs on their heads and run roll in flour. And then, like, later they have to, the seniors get an actual paddle and, like, beat the freshmen with it. Or you see things of, like, you know, they're, you know, tied up to a flagpole and, like, the upperclassmen are, like, peeing on them and all this stuff. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So, now we get into statistics and research. Woo! Woo! We got the big guns now. Oh, yeah. The area of bullying prevention is a growing field of study, which not only like just bullying in of itself, but how to prevent it and how to keep it from happening, which I thought was super interesting. Field of study in education or psychology or all the above? All it said is just field of study. So I'm guessing probably all the above. Interesting. Yeah. Um, We are just beginning to understand the complexity of bullying and how it can affect youth as it's happening, as well as lingering effects on adults. Mm -hmm. Because I mean... I know this is an extreme, but, like, how many instances of someone who's caught for, like, some really terrible crime as an adult, they were bullied or abused as a Mm -hmm. child, and, like, what kind of effects can that have on a human being? So, there are the three Bs of bullying, and it defines the three different roles that people can play in it. Mm -hmm. First is the bullier, the person who's actually doing the bullying. And 30% of youth admit to bullying others. Wow. Which is garbage. Um, There's the bullied, so the people who are 
the victims. Mm-hmm. And approximately one in three students are bullied at school, according to most of the literature I found. Yes. And finally, there's the bystander, which 70% of youth have witnessed some kind of bullying. Yes. Which that doesn't surprise me. I will say that growing up, I would say I, I witnessed a few as a bystander, yeah. but mainly because another reason I didn't say anything was I was kind of terrified that if I said something, then it would come on me. Yeah. And, and that- I know that is a really weak and horrible thing, but being little and tiny. And as, as I have said before, I was teased about different things and it was like, let's not bring even more attention on myself. And it's hard because that's the thing too. It's think back to especially middle school and sometimes even high school, like how vulnerable you feel during that time and your social setup is, it feels so fragile and Mm -hmm. the thought of it coming crumbling down or not having those people there, if they turn on you, it's terrifying. You couldn't pay me to go back to middle school again. No. And you're awkward as it is. Yes. So now we get into risk factors for being bullied. So this is not meant by any means to be victim blaming or anything like that. No one deserves to be bullied. But there are things that uh, researchers have found that do tend to make certain people more vulnerable than others. Yes. All right. So the first one, and this kind of underlines all of these, but first of all, you're perceived as being different from your peers. Oh, yes. I, that one's and a I'm big like, one. Different just can be like any word. Just fill Anything. in the blank. Yes. So this could be being overweight or underweight, wearing glasses or different clothing, being new to a school, or just being unable to afford whatever kids consider to be cool at that, at that time. I was like three out of four. Bah. Yeah. And then there's me, who's just like socially awkward and doesn't know how me to too. interact with people. Uh. People used to think I was, that people used, I've reconnected with some people from uh-huh. middle school and high school, and they said that they didn't talk to me that much because they thought I was snobby and bitchy. And I was like, why would you think that? And they're like, well, some people said that, but also you just didn't talk much. And so I'm like, I was terrified to talk to people. I was mm-hmm. socially awkward. I felt like everything I said was stupid. Yeah. You know, I didn't think I was better than anybody else. I hid behind my grades because that gave me confidence. Yeah. And but, that was it. But if you're not getting positive reinforcement about what you have to say or what you think, that's what I Shut experienced. Down, yeah, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to sit here quietly in the corner and hope that these people keep letting me tag along with I'm gonna them. I'm going to be the turtle in my shell. Ugh. Um, next thing is perceived as weak or unable to defend themselves. Oh, I hate which that. that oh. I, to me, that's what I envision when I think of the old, like, traditional view of bullying of, like, yeah. literally the little tiny kid getting beaten up by, like, the like giant the big kid guy, yeah. Yeah, and shoved in a locker. Or in the trash can. Blah. Are depressed, anxious, or have low self-esteem. Yes. Are less popular than others and have few friends. Hmm. People who do not get along well with others are seen as annoying or provoking or antagonize others for attention. Okay. So some of these, two sound like kids who already have their, on- their own ongoing issues, whether yeah. that's mental illness or things that are happening at home. The last half of the list makes me think of, like, kids that have ADD or ADHD, you know, yes. things like that, where they can't necessarily, they can't, they don't, not saying it's a crutch, but I'm just saying that they don't have that 
ability to control their impulses at times or they don't know how to get positive attention so, the so negative attention they settle from they settle for negative attention yeah yeah it's it, to me that's what always goes back to like little kids in the schoolyard where a little boy likes a little girl but he doesn't know how to communicate that so he pulls her pigtails instead because he just wants attention but he doesn't know how to get positive attention or how about throw sand in your face yeah fun stuff yeah so those are a short list of risk factors which can lead to bullying. Again, <laughs> all humans are garbage and it's awful. Yeah. Um, something else that I found that was interesting was the idea of groupthink. So bullying is not usually a simple interaction between one adolescent who bullies and one student who is being bullied. Right. Which, again, sometimes you think of it just like, you know. A one-on-one. A one-on-one, you know, David and Goliath kind of thing. But... Instead, it often ing- involves a groups of students who support each other in bullying other students because a lot of it is about enabling. Some cases they might be encouraging it, but not in all cases. Sometimes right. it's just, okay, by doing nothing, we are silently condoning what you're doing. Yeah. Sort of the contrast of that when we have bystanders, when bystanders, in- bystanders intervene, mm-hmm. bullying stops within 10 seconds 57% of the time. Wow. They didn't mention if they then turn and, t- and redirect the bullying onto that person. <laughs> we think I hope not. retaliation didn't happen, but we hope not. But that was really powerful to me of just over 50% of the time, if someone just steps up and says something or like puts themselves in between them. Hey, dude, not What cool. a powerful statement is yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Now we're getting into the effects of bullying. This is, there are many reasons to take this topic seriously. And, you know, there's still some old school people out there who are just like, yeah, yeah, brush it off, toughen up, blah, blah, blah. But Kids will be kids. Kids will be kids. Oh, I hate that. No, kids will be good humans. Because it's not just a matter of, you know, don't be sensitive. There are long-term effects that can happen. And also there are ripple effects that can happen. Yeah. So, let's get into this. Students who are bullied are at increased risk for poor, for poor school adjustment, sleep problems, anxiety, and depression. Which, any one of those things that you think of with bullying, I could see causing anxiety and sleep problems. Because you're just, like, worried all the time. Which then can lead to depression, poor performance in school, all kinds of things. Because you're you're not focused on what you're there for. Yeah. You're focused on watching your back or what everyone else is saying about you. Makes sense. Um, I thought this was fascinating. Students who are both bullied and then in turn go and bully others are at greater risk for mental health and behavioral problems than students who were only the bullied or only bullied. So when the so when, so when the characteristics gets turned around. Yeah. So when someone takes part in both roles whether that overlaps each other or if they're bullied and then later on in life they become the bully. Yeah, that that makes sense that they would be more likely for mental health or behavioral problems because it sounds like instead of getting help for mm-hmm. when they were bullied, they're trying to deal with it by then taking it out on other people. Yeah. Um, students who experience bullying are twice as likely as non-bullied peers to experience negative health effects such as headaches and stomach aches. Which, to me, sounds like the physical manifestation of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm nodding because a lot of this sounds so familiar, familiar from when yeah. I was a kid. Um, youth who self-blame or conclude they deserve to be bullied 
are more likely to face depression, prolonged victimization, or maladjustment. Which, that breaks my heart, because when you look back up at the risk factors, people have low self-esteem. Like, who are the people who are least likely to stick up for themselves? Yes. The people who feel like they're alone and the people who have low self-esteem. And both of those things are going to just make you continue to deteriorate and prolong the bad situation that you're in. Um, Students who reported being frequently bullied scored lower than their peers who reported that they were never or rarely bullied. Again, that makes sense to me, because then if you're at an educational environment and you can't focus on what you're there for, then, you know. Labeling an incident as bullying can be important because it influences whether students tell an adult, as well as how adults respond to the student's report. So that's one of those things where words and definitions can really have power, because if someone's like, oh, someone's just picking on me and teasing me and giving me a hard time, like... No, 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 this this is bullying, and therefore you need to take this seriously, and the person that you report to needs to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I hate to make this parallel, but it's kind of like when kids or young adults are learning about what consent means. Yes. there's There are so many things that are important to know. I had the right to say yes to this, I had the right to say, say no, no to, to that. that, and it's not just a, oh, well, I was asking for it, I would deserve it. No. If it's, I am not conscious, yeah, it's a no. Exactly. So learning what these things are, what the definitions are, and what they qualify as empowers people to do something about it. Yes. And I will say that my poor little Sabrina, because she is the one that dresses in her own style and is very mm-hmm. a standout kind of kid. She has been teased by several boys and she comes to me and she just told me about it. And I, and I said, well... They said that what I wore wasn't appropriate. And I said, well, what did, did your teacher say something to you, honey? And she said, no, my teachers never said anything. I said, um, well, then you tell them that you're only concerned if your teacher is. Mm-hmm. And that they can keep their opinions to themselves. And she looked mm-hmm. at me and she said, okay, mommy. And she said, the next day, she's like, mommy, I told them what you said and they haven't bothered me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, and and I, she's her. like, how do you know what to say? I'm like, mommy's learned a lesson or two. It's like, say what? I looked at her, was it say what? What did he say? <laughs> like, you don't tell my daughter that. <laughs> um, this next section's very statistic heavy. I'm not going to go through each of these individually, but uh, um, I'll kind of summarize each of these categories. So there are also different populations who are, who seem to be more at risk for bullying. One that really stood out to me and broke my heart was students with disabilities. Yeah. Oh. So... of students with behavioral and emotional disorders report being bullied. About 34% of students with autism, 24% of students with intellectual disabilities, 21% of students with health impairments, and 19% 19 of students with specific learning disabilities all face high levels of bullying victimization. Mm. Because they don't have enough going on for them already. No. No, they don't. Um, Another thing is... When we look at race, um, African-American students are the most likely to be bullied, followed by Caucasians, then Hispanics, and then Asian students. Hmm. That's interesting. Which some of those I wouldn't have necessarily put in that order. I wouldn't either. I was surprised. It's all bad, though. No, it's all bad. <laughs> it's I all just, bad. I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah, yeah, no, but not, and not in a bad way that I wouldn't put them in that order. It's just, 
from personal experience. Yeah, and it's it's, I would say bad, it's negativity happening, but I guess it's occurring in a slightly different way than I was envisioning yeah. with certain groups. Yeah. Um, and then finally, bullying students who identify or are perceived as LGBTQ. Oh, God, that always gets on my nerves. Ugh, so, 74% of LGBT students have reported being verbally bullied in the past year because of their sexual orientation. And 55% because of their gender expression. Mm. Uh, 36% of LGBT students were physically bullied, i.e. pushed, shoved, or worse, in the mm-hmm. past year because of their sexual orientation. or And 22% because of their gender expression. Uh, 55% of LGBT students feel unsafe at school because of their sexual orientation. 37.8% because of their gender expression. And there are less rates of LGBTQ bullying in schools with clear bullying policies that are inclusive of LGBT students. So again, there is power in defining things and drawing a line in the sand of this will not be tolerated. And this is what will happen if you do this. Yeah. And then I was curious. I looked into what the most recent stats are for bullying and suicide. Oh, no. Which is terrible to think about. You went down that rabbit hole. Not very deeply, though. Okay. So, just a couple of things. So, suicide is the third leading cause of death among young people, mm-hmm. resulting in about 4,400 deaths per year, according to the CDC. For every suicide among young people, there are at least 100 suicide attempts. I believe that. Because I know there's some sometimes a difference between legitimate attempts versus... I'm desperate for help, and this is the only way I know how to cry out for it. Mm-hmm. Either way. Yeah. Really bad situation. Yeah. Um, over 14% of high school students have considered suicide, and almost 7% have attempted it. I believe that. <sighs> and bullying victims are between two to nine times more likely to consider suicide than non-victims. Yeah. So that's all I have about bullying and suicide, but that's just an example of how, how bad it can get. Mm-hmm. And this last little section I want to talk about is in regards to laws, policies, and regulations. Oh, boy. So this was a really big rabbit hole that you could potentially get into just because... Because there's every- federal and then all the state different things. Yes, and-, there, and there's differentiation with all the states and things like that, which... Yeah. And yep. then there's a difference between laws, policies, regulations. Again, I'm Guidelines. Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Um, So, all 50 states have some sort of anti-bullying laws, although some are more extensive or inclusive than others. Okay. As you can imagine. And because we are in North Carolina, I wanted to pull North Carolina's uh, current bullying laws just to see how we stack up. Oh, yay. (laughs) So, NC's definition of bullying. Bullying or harassing behavior is any pattern of gestures or (sighs) writ. I can't read today. (sighs) Take two. Bullying or harassing behavior is any pattern of gestures or written, electronic, or verbal communications or any physical act or threatening communication that takes place on school property at any school-sponsored function or on a school bus and that, one, places a student or school employee in actionable an actual or reasonable fear of harm to his or her per- person or damage to his or her property, or two, creates or is certain to create a hostile environment by substantially interfering with or impairing a student's educational performance, opportunities, or benefits. 
For purposes of this section, hostile environment means that the victim subjectively views the conduct as bullying or harassing behavior, and the conduct is objectively severe or pervasive enough that a reasonable person would agree that it is bullying or harassing behavior. Which is still kind of vague, so it's like... I don't like how they keep it only regard in regards to schools, because then mm-hmm. you can't... Like, what happens with the cyberbullying at home where you're getting constant texts or mm-hmm. constant tweets or Facebook messages and stuff. And it's like, oh, well, it's not on school grounds. It's not a school activity. So it's not bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's... I'm just saying it's very vague, the way it's written. It is. And the part that stands out to me that could really use some additional clarification is where it says, you know, objectively severe or pervasive enough that a reasonable person would agree that it's bullying. Yeah, that a reasonable person. I'm so like, how well do then, you... Well, then what is that standard? Yeah, it kind of makes me think about how work. Like, a qualified person, well, well, how do you qualify that person? How do you look at someone and say, well, you're reasonable, Sarah. Do you think this is out of line? Mm-hmm. Like, does, is, do you mean by a trained professional, you know, a psychiatrist? Like, who who's yeah. the reasonable person? And I know that... Just because of the evolving nature of both law and human nature, that you can't have a concise list for everything. But it can be one of those, like, bullying includes, but not is not limited to the following. Yes. And describes that kind of stuff. Though I will say they're very progressive in that, that they included electronic yes. bullying. Not just the verbal face-to-face or anything like that. I was curious to see if we had anything specifically around LGBTQ bullying or harassment, just because I know, at least just like in general, we've unfortunately did away with or shot down several bills in the past few years that would give specific protections to people who are mm-hmm. basically it made it so it's next to impossible to classify those as hate crimes against the gay population. Which I don't understand because which is so if you're stupid. doing that against somebody because of who they are, it's a hate crime. Yay, North Carolina, we've got a long way to go. Well, we're not the only state. True. So that is all I have. Okay. I know that's that's a lot of stuff, but I I thought it was good to kind of give a good foundation of what are we talking about when we talk about bullying, and Mm. sort of the answer is we're, we're all still figuring it out. Tune in next week for part two. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really helps to get the word out about the show. You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till next time. time.